Every Easter, we proclaim that He is risen. He is risen indeed and out of the tomb, but not us. Due to COVID-19, we are still confined to our homes to help save lives as we break the chain or flatten the curve. Today, Catholics at Home takes a trip outside of Malaysia to see how others are coping as we speak to Eleanor, Lena and Tishé in Singapore and Australia. Hello and welcome to another episode of Catholics at Home, which is produced in collaboration with the Catholic Research Centre in Kuala Lumpur. My name is Kachang Kevin and joining our conversation today is Father Clarence Devadas. Hello, Father. How are you? Happy Easter to you and to all. Happy and blessed Easter to you, Father. As mentioned in the opener, our special guest today, uh, we have three of them, of course. Uh, first up, let me introduce Elena Fernandez in Singapore. Hi, Elena. Hi, hi, everybody. All right, Elena, tell us, uh, where did you grow up in Malaysia and how did you end up in Singapore? Um, I grew up uh, in a place called Kampung Pandan, which is very close to say um, Sacred Heart of Jesus Church. That's where I was baptized. Um, and then I later moved to Jesus Caritas, Kampung Baru, and grew up in Sigambut. Then moved to Singapore 13 years ago. So I've been here ever since. All right, fantastic. Nice to have you on the show. Also on the show is uh, Lena, Lena, who's just gone to... <laughs> Have a look at her cute little baby. baby. All right. right. Let's just introduce Tishay Di Rosario. Hey, Tishay. Hey, everyone. Blessed Easter. Blessed Easter to you. Tishay, tell us uh, where did you grow up in Malaysia and uh, how did you end up in Melbourne? All right. Uh, so I was uh, grew up in KL, Bangsa Boy, and I tend to the parish of Our Lady of Fatima and Victus, which is the closest to me, like five minutes away. Um, so I grew up in KL and then I moved to Melbourne about a year and a half ago to complete my degree. And yeah, that's how I'm here. All right. I understand you were an altar boy at uh, the parish of Father Clarence. So you don't mind if some stories do come up in the show, yeah? Oh, no, 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 no. We've had our uh, rivalry of uh, our favorite Arsenal and uh, Manchester United football team. So it goes <laughs> way, way back. <laughs> Father, this is your chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let him go this time. It's Easter season, so... Oh, All right. <laughs> the yearly thing, the yearly thing. Always the same message. All right, Tishé, nice to have you on the show. Thanks, also Kevin. on the show is Lena. And who is with you, Lena? Uh, just my son. <laughs> <laughs> Three-month-old son. son. <laughs> I just had to pick him up because he was, he was making too many cute cute noises in the corner there. It's just, I just thought I was picking up, then he'd be a bit more quiet. <laughs> it was very cute. And, you know, um, from what I oh, can see... Excuse me. <laughs> that was my son too. <laughs> from what I can see, I can tell you that just a couple of hours ago, my hair was exactly like that. <laughs> because oh, yeah. I because I went to work and you know going out and now you have to come back and really thoroughly clean yourself so I took a shower wash my hair and everything and I just took a short little nap and I woke up just exactly like that uh, <laughs> thankfully it 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 restored its position so Lena tell us uh, where did you grow up in Malaysia and um, how did you end up in Perth uh grew up in mostly PJ I mean originally KL and then we moved to PJ when I was quite little. I uh, went to Sumption Church and I uh, came to Perth to study and then stayed. So I'm, I'm a pharmacist in Perth and uh, been here for probably 15, 16 years now. 
All right. Fantastic. Nice to have you on the show. Uh, we know you have an exciting project to tell us about. We'll get to that a little later. But maybe let's just start off with this movement control order. Well, for us in Malaysia, it's uh, the it's called the movement control order. Uh, I reckon Singapore has a much cooler name. So, L, <laughs> tell us uh, what is it called and, and how have you been coping? Uh, yeah, so it's called uh, a circuit breaker. Um, and I think just taking off some, you know, regulatory measures that are implemented on the stock exchange when they want to prevent uh, panic selling. So they they implement circuit breakers. So I believe that that's where it was taken from, the term, but it sounds pretty cool. Uh, and so it went into full force uh, last Tuesday and then schools closed on Wednesday. And along the lines, like every day there, more or less, there's been an announcement of a new rule, a regulation put into place mm. because it's uh, quite obvious that people are not staying at home. And so initially all the parks were still uh, left open and the beaches and the open air stadiums. And now all of that has closed. So as we progress, you know, Every day there is something new uh, that is being implemented and added to the list of things that, um, that are just, you know, to keep people at home. And so just recently also they started issuing summonses. Initially it was just a stern uh, warning. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I think on the first day, it was in the thousands, the number of <laughs> stern warnings that were given out. So now it's, uh, yeah, so they, they issue summonses of $300 for your first offence. And then it can go up to $10,000 for subsequent offences if you break any of the guidelines or rules uh, with the circuit breaker. Yeah. Yeah, I lived there for three years and uh, issuing summonses is their favourite pastime, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but, but, that's, that's, but the surprising thing is you don't actually see the enforcement officers, even police on a regular basis, not now, right? Um, so I don't know where they come out from, but they are watching. <laughs> Behind the bushes. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Possibly, possibly drones following you all around. <laughs> yeah, could ah, be, could yeah. be. Yeah. I just want to know, Ella. So, personally, what things that you usually do which you aren't able to do right now? So, for us, like it only went into effect last week. So, it's only been a week, as opposed to you know Malaysia, where it's coming up to a month already, right? Um, so, the, some of the things that I really miss uh, because I work um, very close to the cathedral. Uh, one of the things that I love doing was actually attending weekday mass. Um, and I have my favorite with Monsignor Francis Lau. He's 86 years old, who can barely walk and looks like it's a struggle for him to actually stand. But still, you know, he comes alive uh, when he when he's, um, you know, delivering his homily. And so that that is one thing that uh, I miss. Um, uh, being able to go to church and to, you know, or even for novenas on Saturday at uh, Novena Church. Um, yeah, so those are the things that I think, and because being a freelancer, I'm used to working on my own and being, you know, so it wasn't a major change. Um, and I think after moving, I used to be very an, an extrovert and thrived on the company of others. And I don't know what Singapore's done to me, but I'm very happy to just be at home and uh, very comfortable. Uh, so now my work is, is completely online. I teach English as a second language. Um, and so, you know, it's all online now. Um, and the fact that I still have work to do, I think, you know, so the impact of, of all that is going on hasn't really hit me. And so I'd say the only thing that has changed is, is not being able uh, to attend mass. Mm. Right. Yeah. Nice. 
Now, Lena, tell us about uh, what's happening in your area. Um, movement control order in full force? In Australia, I mean, Tisha can also tell you that different states have different rules, so much so that it's actually quite confusing what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Uh, you have to keep checking, as, as I'm sure Els just said as well, every day there's a new law. And then you're like, is that rule in Perth or is that rule in Melbourne or New South Wales? Even over Easter, I think like South Australia was allowed to have, I don't know, five to ten people come visit your house. And in Perth, you only allowed two people to come visit your house. And you had to go and double check that. And then people were arguing, is two people, does that include a father and a child? Or is that, you know, husband and wife plus children? And then someone was saying, no, it's just two people, you know, stay at home. And then someone else said, no, the other, there's another publication that said a depend dependents are not included in the count. So um, it's not very clear, but generally it's social distancing, hand hygiene, um, and then don't go out unless there's a definite, you know, definite essential need to go out. That is the current uh, directive in Perth anyway. I think in the eastern states, it's slightly more strict. I think there have been some fines issued in the eastern states. Um, I, I don't know if someone got arrested for fishing, I believe, in the eastern states, Tiché. Is that right? Uh, I believe so, yes. That? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he got arrested for fishing. I mean, I think the general idea of you know, restricting movement and everything is, it would be for our own good. Um, but sometimes the way, the logic behind it, if the guy is fishing in the middle of the ocean in his, or, you know, but on the boat by himself, he's as distant as socially from anybody as can be. <laughs> and he got arrested. I'm thinking if he catches enough fish, he doesn't have to go to the supermarket to go and buy dinner, which means he's going to avoid contact with even more people. Leave him alone, you know, leave him alone. Like. He's just getting his, you know, probably his dinner or something for the day, right? But I'm not the one in charge of issuing what the directives are. So we just have to uh, try to abide in these chaotic times. I'm sure even the people who are, the, the you know, governments who are trying to make head and tail of this and try to issue the best directives are probably struggling themselves. Okay, latest information. Okay, now what to do, you know, with the, as the, as the um, environment and the information comes in and, and the changes of the information coming in. Um, it's ever-changing, so it's hard for them as well, I suppose, to try and issue directives because it's ever-changing. The situation is changing. Uh, but, but personally for you, Lena, what do you miss the most? Oh, for me? Well, as I told you, I have a three-month-old baby, so right when all this started, I was already in confinement. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I just... A prolonged confinement, lah. You know, I was just at home anyway. Didn't really go out very much. You know, if I go, I just go for a walk around the block with my son by myself, social isolation and everything, and stay away two meters from everybody I see. I see somebody coming, I cross the road. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but so for me, you know, and I, we, I'm quite homely anyway. I don't, I don't really go out much. I don't go to crowded places generally anyway. And I'm a firm believer of. If you have a newborn baby, you should stay home for about at least three months anyway. Um, not stay home, stay home, but don't go out to crowded places unnecessarily with a newborn baby with the immunity that's not, you know, um, mature anyway. So I was planning on staying home anyway. So for me, I didn't really, it's all just, for me, it's not really affected me personally much. I mean, um, there's this guy, I think, he in, in Melbourne, I think, I'm not sure, his name is Victor Tay, and he was talking about exercising his rights. And some people feel that liberties are being taken away in the name of this. He plans to exercise every day around the parliament building. <laughs> 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 
yeah, that's his exercising. He says, you know, he says that's there's um that him he's concerned that the ongoing effect of this might be uh, more more lives lost due to mental mental health illness and job losses and you know alcoholism, domestic violence, and all this will be ongoing effects. But we don't really know what the to, uh, hindsight will be will be twenty twenty in time when you look back and see you know was this the best you know is this the best way forward or not. For me, for personally, I don't really miss that much because, as I said, I was planning to stay home anyway. Mm. So, Tisha, I suppose uh, you you look like someone who's always out and about. Has this affected you much? <laughs> oh yes, very much, Kevin. Um, Melbourne is uh, known to be like how Lena said. Every state has its own term and rules and regulations. So Melbourne is under a stage three lockdown, uh, whereby mm. only the essentials are left open. Funny thing about it being called essential, the bottle shop is uh, considered an essential <laughs> here. So Australians and their wine. So that's one of the key things that are open here. But other than that, everything else has been um, literally shut down. Public transport has been moving at a slower rate, so more intervals in between. And uh, there's had hardly anyone in the city as well. And because I'm a student here, so all classes are now moved to online platform. Online, yeah. Yeah. So that has affected... Um, because for a university which I'm in, we are more towards the creative industries. So you have people studying music and songwriting, and they are very much affected because they have no access to studio equipment, so no mm. performance, and yeah, so it's taking a hard hit on the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you brought up the uh, bottle shop as one of the essentials. I don't know if anybody caught uh, there was a video circulating in Malaysia. Uh, one of by one of the media outlets about this uh, old uncle going out on a motorbike and he was stopped at the roadblock and he said, "Mau beli beer, tado beer tabule tido," and the guy <laughs> let him go. <laughs> Kevin, funny story about that gentleman is he actually lives a few doors away from where I live. Generally, my money is down the road. <laughs> <laughs> so you two need to get to the bottle shop. If not, you can't sleep, is it? <laughs> oh, no, no, not me, not me. <laughs> no, not you, huh? Father, is, father is watching level. you. <laughs> father has seen me grow up as well, so I'm still very careful around him. Just wondering, how, how was, how's the church situation in your, in your respective cities? Uh, I mean, Al has spoken a little bit about, about Good Shepherd Cathedral in Singapore. I mean, Easter, very quiet. Actually, I think the Archdiocese here, because we have um, we have a Catholic SG radio uh, that uh, broadcasts uh, all the masses and also online um, every day for daily mass and of course during Holy Week as well. Uh, and uh, I think for me personally, you know, the um, I remember going for service last year for Good Friday, and I couldn't even get a seat, even though I went um, 45 minutes before service started. And today, to you know, the, I mean, um, this this year to get a front row seat uh, with uh, you know a selection of of services from around the world, um, I think I overloaded on service, and it was driving my young adult daughters like you're watching mass again. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but this is in. Can you? Because yeah, I was um, I, one of the masses that I streamed was uh, from Saint Mary's in Dubai. I was like, look at that, you know, there's Mars in Dubai and Boston and um, also in uh, Sydney, St. Mary's, the cathedral, the choir was amazing. Um, so for me personally, actually, 
I felt that this year, Holy Week uh, specifically, was um, very was, was spirit filled and very personal and um, and you know it's a it's all it's a huge challenge to um, get young adults to go to church. Uh, this time they couldn't avoid it because it was there was mass all over the home. <laughs> So they were the bits and pieces that they did, you know, so I was, I was able to, and, and one of my daughters actually said, okay, Easter mass, fine, I'll sit with you. Um, and uh, so I can see the good uh, that actually come out of this. And I think here the uh, Archdiocese is doing a, a terrific job in keeping us engaged. Uh, on Easter Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., we actually had phone priests for prayers. We had a hotline. Uh, so every two hours, a different priest would be on standby. And then you could uh, call him uh, to say a prayer with you, to pray with you, to offer up, you know, any prayers that you have. And the, so we have this, this has been going on a number of times, but uh, specifically on Easter Sunday. So the support has been tremendous. Uh, and um, yeah, so I, I, I really felt like it, it was a good, uh, very prayerful and spirit-filled Holy Week for me. But the others in Australia, uh, Tishé, what was the experience of Easter? Well, oh I, hope you went to, I hope you went, I hope at least streamed into one mass. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, it was with the family. Um, things here are very different um, ever, since, ever since I made my move here in September 2018. Uh, I remember the days when it was Easter, if, especially being an altar server when I was younger, it was everybody ran to get their names on the roster and who would serve for Easter Vigil who would be in charge of the incense for that matter, you know, it's always a rush. And then even in the choir, it's beautiful to see all the different masses coming together and come up with different songs, practices back to back. Finally felt like you were a full-time musician just for that weekend. And all of that, uh, it's very much different here in Australia. Um, there were masses before, but then once this whole uh, lockdown was implemented, then everything went uh, online. But even then, I used to stream in with the family prior to every Sunday, but especially for Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter. So we all reconnected online, and uh, we streamed the Mass with the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur, Father Gerard. So that was great. But other than that, you know, there's so many things that you miss in your home parish, Our Lady of Fatima, as compared to when you go to another country. But nevertheless, you know, you still make the effort to meet the different community members and the different way that they do things. I think every parish, there are certain ways that uh, the community does things, and it's just different to see that both in a different parish, uh, locally and internationally as well. How about your side, Lina? How was Easter? Um, Easter was a little bit quiet. I mean, normally we would you know, go to church and go see the extended family, my husband's extended family, because you know, my family's not here, as you might know. Um, so this year it was, you know, everybody was at home and, you know, you can stream mass online and there's, I think there's also, aside from Easter, there's also daily mass at, on channel 10 at 6am as well, if I happen to be awake, depending on baby. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, with, with my extent, my family, my family overseas, um, we, you know, we just chat via WhatsApp or, you know, just to catch up and wish each other Easter and stuff, which is normal for us anyway, because they're overseas. But something my mother has started is she started doing um, Zoom rosary meetings, rosary, saying the rosary with my sisters and I on Zoom. <laughs> wow. So that's been something new, which is sort of been born of this. I mean, basically, whoever, whoever can attend the Zoom meeting come, whoever can, it's fine. 
-hmm. And so she says rosaries daily and then whoever come, come, whoever can come, can come, depending on baby crying or my other other sister in London is also still busy working. So depending on her meetings, if she's free or not, and my other sister in Sydney as well. So yeah, so that's what we've, Easter's quiet, but it still doesn't mean that you still can't celebrate and reflect on the meaning of Good Friday and Easter. Some people say this is the future, uh, already being lived in 2020. You know, I, I remember as growing up as a young boy, I know some of you may remember, you know, you used to watch Star Trek or, you know, Space 1999, these programs with technology. We used to laugh at these technologies, but these technologies are so real now, isn't it? I mean, you, like Al was saying, she doesn't have to go 45 minutes earlier to church. Now, even three minutes before, she can get to church, <laughs> right, into a, into a living room. But it's nothing like, you know, being yeah. there, feeling it, you know, uh, you know, the experience of being with other people. Uh, so I guess yeah. we have to, to weather it during this time, uh, make the best. I think for the younger generation, a lot easier. It's quite seamless, the transition. But for, you know, the warga emas, as we call them here, uh, <laughs> not so easy to make that transition because, and I still get a lot of calls, people go, when do we have the mask? When can I come back to church? Yeah, so it's it's quite a a struggle for a lot of people too, being distant from the church. Well, in, in some ways, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll come back with a bang, everybody filling up our churches again when all this is over. We don't know when that will be, but hopefully. Now, just wondering, um, like like for you guys, uh, how has your faith helped you to deal with the whole COVID-19 experience? And, you know, a lot of people have been saying that, oh, this is a great time to reflect and they've gone into a reflection mode and they see uh, life differently or see certain aspects of their life differently. Do, do you all have any experiences about that? How about you, Elle? Um, One of the things, um, uh, just digressing a little before I answer your question, if you don't mind, uh, I actually uh, am one of the facilitators for this program called Surviving Divorce. Uh, It is from the U.S. and we've been conducting it um, uh, through the Catholic Archdiocese for, uh, we're going, we just started the eighth cycle. Uh, and initially, so when I attended the program, so it's for divorced and separated uh, Catholics. Uh, when I attended the program three years ago, we had five participants. Um, last year, when we ran cycle seven, we had close to 30. Uh, and this year, and so and sometimes it's, it's quite difficult for people to attend because it's, uh, it's for 13 weeks uh, and they have to find um, someone to look after, the, you know, especially if they're a single parent, someone to look after the kids so they can attend the program. So two weeks ago, we started the program on Zoom uh, and with participants. And we actually have two participants from Malaysia who are attending the program, who then uh, with, um, uh, with the Penang Archdiocese, I believe they are going to run the program in Malaysia for the first time. So support for divorced and separated, uh, which is amazing because we wouldn't have been able to train or to, to be able to help them start, get the program started. Um, so one of the amazing benefits that have come out of this is that people are able to get the support and especially during this time, you know, with, um, with like custody battles being put on hold with court cases or even, you know, with the time spent with the children in, um, in, you know, split homes and it's, um, it's intensified during this period. Uh, and so for us to be able to still offer that support through the program, thanks to technology, um, is amazing. 
Uh, and you can see people actually, you know, those who sometimes to come together, there's still the stigma of being divorced and Catholic. Um, um, you know, you have people telling you like, you know, yeah, you can't get divorced. It's a sin. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, pain. And like I said, you know, stigma associated to it. So for people to get this support and do it in the comfort of their homes um, and, and still get it, I think is, is really amazing. So I'm glad that we are, are able to do that. Um, so that in itself um is something that I just you know just wanted to mention that uh, that Singapore and Malaysia are working together uh, in order to reach out uh, to you know to those uh, in this group who who need that you need the comfort and knowing that you're not going through this uh, alone. Yes. And what was your question again? <laughs> reflection. Yeah, that's great. Uh, reflection about how how your faith has helped you to deal with COVID nineteen. But okay. that was even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it tremendously well uh, because of the, the time that I have. Uh, and like I said, I think one of the great things about streaming mass online is you get to check the duration. <laughs> you know, uh, so you can like, okay, today I only got forty-five minutes or thirty minutes. All right, I can do this. You know, um, and uh, so yes, I, lit from... lit literally mass shopping. <laughs> really? Like which? Where in the world do I? I mean, I, I myself personally would have never, I've never wanted to visit Vatican and to be able, you know, to be in St. Peter's Basilica and to actually watch, uh, you know, um, the Pope, uh, his, yeah, the, uh, to watch uh, the Holy Thursday Mass was just really amazing. Um, so here the reflection would be, I think, I. I think, I, like I said you know, earlier, I have had a far more uh, spirit-filled Holy Week and Easter period. Um, uh, one of the things that, uh, so actually, you know, when we were looking forward to celebrating Easter on Saturday night, um, I got news that my cousin who was 45 years old, passed away from a heart attack in Kuala Lumpur. And it was really sad. We, we found out like close to midnight. And the first thought was, you know, like we can't attend a funeral. And uh, and my father was really close to her and I and was grieving. And he's like, you know, I, I wouldn't even be able to send her off. Um, but then what happened was uh, they, the funeral was allowed. Uh, they had it uh, at uh, St. Francis Xavier with Father Michael Chua. Uh, and they actually did a Facebook live streaming. So for all of us from all over the world, all the cousins and the relatives could actually be there in a sense uh, for her set, which, uh, which otherwise a lot of us would have not been able to, even without the MCO or circuit breaker or whatever, we wouldn't have been able to make it in time. Um, and so in that sense, I feel like, you know, initially it was the feeling was like, not, I, I, oh my gosh, you know, why, why did this have to happen now? And, and but God delivered in his own beautiful way and, and allowed us to send her off. Um, and so, so it's, it's been really good and, and I feel tremendously blessed. So Lena, how about you? Any reflections? Um, I think for me, I haven't really had any major, like, you know, some people are scared or panicked or whatever it is. Um, I'm not actually, I don't know, maybe I have a lot of faith that, you know, the Lord will look after myself and my family, but I'm not really very scared of COVID personally for my immediate family, myself, my husband and my children. I worry about my parents, obviously, because they are in the so-called um, high-risk group. Um, but throughout this experience, and even the last one year, I won't get into the details of it, 
but um, I had a very interesting pregnancy <laughs> and um, you know, everything doesn't necessarily go according to your plans. And I think one of the major things that including COVID has sort of taught me or is teaching me still, I, I think I'm not 100% taught yet, I'm still learning, trying to learn, is that you don't really have control and you can try and plan as much as you want and God is the one who has the control. And so you just have to learn what you can do what you can do and then do your best in every situation to try and help your situation or help those around you in whatever you can and then beyond that you have to leave it and in the hands of god that's really i mean it sounds simple but for me being um the personality that i am and anybody who knows me will laugh at this but i like to you know plan everything and i like to know what's going to happen and i like to make sure that everything turns out the way I try to want it to. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. And you just have to, as I said, do your best and do what you can and then let it go, you know, let it be in the hands of God, basically. I think this, this is the reality that we, that we live in, isn't it? I mean, you know that we are not, we are not in control of the situation. Literally, you, you are not in control of the situations happening around. As much as, you know, we wash our hands, my hands are so dry and all, you know, all wrinkled up. You know, literally washing each time you pass the sink. Um, wash. There, there comes to a point where you really need to learn how to to trust God. I think you know, and, and allow God. Yes. I think, and I think this. I mean, for me, especially this time, even though I'm confined to a place, but you know, it's just to rely on God for you know for 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 safety, for protection. Uh, you know, I mean, you you just walk out to the. I just walk out to the supermarket and come back. I mean. What do I know? I mean, what's going to happen? Uh, so I just need to trust God and, and say, God, you take care of this. Yeah. All right. Uh, just before we go to Tisha, Lena, would you like to speak about the uh, program that you have? Since we're talking about programs, Elna had, has mentioned about her program. Um, oh. You have a program about adopting healthcare workers or something? It's not actually a program per se. It's not actually, actually even my program. Um, my close friend, her cousin, uh, I think his name is Chris Nicholas. They, they, he start, it was his idea to start a page called Adopt a Healthcare Worker. And then it exploded in Australia. And um, because I'm a pharmacist as well, and then I, I love the fact that I'm maternity leave because I get to spend time with my, with my son and my daughter. But at the same time, you feel a little bit guilty that I'm not with my, you know, my fellow healthcare workers in the front line and helping. And I hear their stories and it's quite stressful. And, it, you know, so I thought, OK, Australia's covered because, it, you know, this, this Facebook page really exploded with 50,000 members or something within a few weeks. But then I thought, well, in Malaysia, what's happening in Malaysia? And I've got some doctor friends in Malaysia. I started, hey, why not start a page in Malaysia? And, uh, yeah, the idea behind that is that uh, it's an initiative. It aims to connect um, so-called adopters with adoptees, uh, adopters being members of community who can try and support our healthcare workers uh, and adoptees being the healthcare workers. And what that looks like is basically maintaining a uh, communication network between your adopter and adoptee and offer to do whatever within your power, if it's a listening ear or if it's going to pick up some groceries for them because they couldn't get to the shops in time or walking their dog or checking in on their on their mum and their elderly mum because they can't because they're they're going to the front line and exposed to COVID every day they can't go to their elderly mum's house some whatever it is to try and ease their stress so that they're able to focus on the work at hand because it is a stressful time for everyone especially for, to healthcare workers so 
that's what it that's what it looks like. And, um, but interestingly enough, I mean, healthcare workers are not overly. We're very good at looking after people because we're healthcare workers, but we're not very good at asking for help and asking for care. Especially, I think Malaysians and Asians, we don't like to, you know, we don't want to actually ask people for help in general. Let alone being a healthcare worker, lucky you don't want to ask for help. One thing that's come up quite consistently on the Facebook page is um, people ask for help for their clinics and their hospitals because there's a lack of PPEs, protective uh, equipment. So my, my very, very good friend, Bhavani, she's one of my oldest friends, and um, she also actually, you know, she was originally serving meals to the healthcare workers. So sometimes they don't have lunch because they're, they're working so, they don't have lunch, they don't have dinner, they don't have food, you know, they don't have time to go out to get food. So she was actually serving meals. And then as we saw, the, the consistent need was PPE. So she switched her focus from serving meals to trying to sort out some PPEs. And she's a real angel. Like, I... She and her group of friends, I think Bhavani, Sangeet, Niza, I think, and another friend. And what they've done is they've set up seven locations and they've got like 30 to 50 volunteers to start sewing PPEs. And so they're delivering now to all the so clinics and hospitals, the PPEs, with the Facebook page. We've just been identifying where the needs are more. And also um, members of the community are volunteering to come and sew. Um, and so being a doctor herself, Bhavani is able to, and her, her network of contacts is able to then have standard operating procedure and you know, make sure that they're all well. Members of the, of the community have come together in a, in a way that has been truly inspiring. Um, mm. and, uh, and it's just been, it's been very heartwarming to watch. And I think the hundreds, hundreds of healthcare workers have really benefited because I know that the sewing team angels, as I call them, uh, they've delivered hundreds on hundreds of uh, PPEs, many hundreds already. I would say in, by this week, it will be close to a thousand, if not more, of PPEs being delivered. It's been quite impressive. And the only thing I can say is I wish I was there so that I can actually contribute more rather than just being behind the scenes and trying to um, manage the, the Facebook page and, you know, trying to get more awareness. But my major message to all the healthcare workers even, you know, is that you sh we should really reach out for help before we burn out. You know, don't get, don't wait to the point of exhaustion to reach out. You should try and form those networks if you don't have them um, while you're still able, while you still have time to form those networks, which is what the Facebook page is, is really about. Okay, my love. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, that's great initi initiative there. Um, of course, we will uh, promote your page on our Facebook page. Uh, so yes. too for L, if you want us to, to put it up on our Facebook page, we'd love to do Thank so. You. Now, Tisha, yeah. how about you? Any reflections? Oh, yeah, Kevin. Um, like I said, it's a very um, tech-savvy, advanced world that we live in now. And it's just not the same. My experience uh, being in church in KL is just not the same here it is in Melbourne. But now that we've moved everything online, I think there's, uh, I'm a huge fan for conspiracy theories myself. So, um, you know, just listening to the theories... Uh, and see what they have to say and then when you actually go back to facts and it kind of uh, it has prompted me to actually look at the different not the actual bible but online and look at what these verses have to say and correlate it to what has happened what is happening and what will happen and try and put the picture together as you know it's just it's very interesting on on my end as how i relate the whole situation and of course with um, a two plus one benefit not only do i get to attend mass uh, virtually back home and see these famous priests that uh, I used to grow up attending mass with, but also be together with the family again. You know, um, 
my mom, dad, and my sister are in Malaysia, and then I've got two more sisters, one in South America and another in the UK. And here I am in Australia, so we're all hitting so many continents. And even in this troubled time that we're all facing, we're all separated miles, miles away, but still coming together, still having that opportunity for interaction and humor. It's just great. And I think that amidst all this, um, I would say, unfortunate comings that have happened and the people that have passed on, but nevertheless, we continue to merge forward, merge together, most importantly, and, you know, overcome this whole situation together and, you know, look forward to a brighter future with what the present has already taught us and will continue teaching us. Right. Thank you for that, Tishe. All right, Father, I think maybe you just have some closing remarks before we end and we end with a prayer. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Tishe, for being on. Let's just say a prayer and we ask God to, to bless us and to keep us safe during this time. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh God, our loving Father, you're a Father who loves us, a Father who cares for us. We come before you in these trying times. We place ourselves into you, wherever we are, whichever part of the world we are in. Pray for safety, pray for protection for ourselves and too. Lord, we ask that during this time we also use to deepen our faith and our following of your risen of your son jesus who rose from the dead to give us new life and so we ask you to bless each one of us bless all our healthcare workers bless the many initiatives that have been taken to help people during this time may they all bear fruit for your greater glory we pray this in through christ our lord amen amen father son holy spirit amen amen, amen. All right. Uh, once again, thank you very much to our guests from all over the world. Uh, Elena in Singapore, Lena in Perth, and Tishe in Melbourne. And of course, uh, thank you to Father Clarence for joining us for today. Well, just like Theo, it's also time for my nap. <laughs> so thank you very much for watching this show. Don't forget you can catch us on Facebook, Catholics at Home, also on our YouTube channel and Spotify. Do like us and do follow us. So from all of us here, we wish you a blessed Easter and goodbye for now. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Bob.